Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you to our series entitled Promises, and really it's More than just a teaching series, it's a spiritual journey. And my prayer is that every single person that's listening to me this weekend, you would jump into the journey. And I say it to you because as a pastor, I know that when you take those spiritual steps, you're going to grow, you're gonna find relationships, you're going to know God better. It's going to be an awesome time, so I'm asking you to jump right in. I wanna welcome all those watching online. We facilitated ways for you to join us. Our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus, welcome all of you. I'm excited tonight, I'm gonna be in Hazlitt and we're gonna have our first vision night to talk about the plans we have for our new building in Hazlitt. Come on, let's put our hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us this weekend. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to Genesis 15, put a finger there. We're gonna touch a story in the book of Genesis, but we're really gonna focus our time in Romans chapter four, starting in verse 16. And for those of you that are new, we are in this startup phase. We're, we're getting ready for a journey. And so again, this weekend, I wanna lay a foundation for this word promises. And I wanna talk to you about how we think about it, and then how God wants to communicate to us about that word and go a little deeper into the word and understand it a little bit better because God has so many things available for us. In fact, in this series, we're gonna get real practical. We're gonna talk about the promises God has made to us in his word regarding our families, regarding the things you're concerned about, regarding your children, regarding the pain that you experience, the circumstances we face in life. We're gonna talk about something I'm really concerned about as a pastor, and it's always present, but more present in our current day with what we're experiencing. Even very stable people experiencing anxieties and fears, and we're learning we're not as grounded emotionally as we need to be. Our Our confidence has not been solidified in who God is to us through the person of Jesus Christ. And so I talk to you as as a pastor. I talk to you as someone who wants something for you. As I get passionate this weekend, I want you to know my passion is not that I'm just yelling at you, (laughs) but I want you to get it. I want you to have it because when you face your moment, What the world tells us is you need something out there, but what God continually tells us is you need something in here. You need something on the inside to face the pressure that's on the outside. And so we're gonna talk about those things in this series, getting help for our souls. Well, let's talk about this word promises. There's a deeper word I introduced last week, covenant. I'm not just trying to give you a big Bible word. I'm not even trying to be that deep or profound. I'm trying to help you, help you understand how God relates to us so you can partner with him in the plan he has for your life. This word promises, when we think about a promise, we think about ourselves. In fact, what's the biggest promise you've ever made? 
Last week I talked to you about a big promise I made in November of 1995. I had met my wife when she was 12 years old. My mom and her mom became friends. She was friends with my sister and when I was in college at Baylor, I came to meet my mom who happened to be with her mom and I think it was a little bit of a setup. But the woman of God wasn't 12 anymore. Come on now, y'all know what I'm saying. I'm like, whoa. Man, she was beautiful. I didn't even know if I had a chance. And man, after I getting to know her and hearing her heart and values, she's still one of the most solid followers of Christ I've ever met, loves God, loves people. I'm more in love with her than I've ever been before. She's amazing. But I was just trying to get a chance back then. You know, I said, man, I'm gonna marry that girl. I'm gonna marry her. I'm putting a ring on that. Got married in 10 months. Maybe I'm just weaker than some. Some of you are stronger. Had to get married in 10 months because the Bible says better to marry than burn with desire, and I was on fire. <laughs> but I was already a pastor, senior pastor of a church in Central Texas, so we got married, and after our wedding, before we could go to the honeymoon, we had to go back and do the Thanksgiving community-wide service. It's the burden of a pastor, you know what I'm saying? Had to go take care of the people of God. Moved her into my nice place. It was a parsonage. Y'all don't know what that is, some of y'all. You had the old church. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors. There's five mad Baptists. <laughs> Next to it was a parsonage. That's where they trapped the pastor. That's where they kept him contained, kept him disposable at all times right next to the church. Had the phone to my house connected to the church. I was preaching one weekend. Phone was ringing in the office. Bring, bring, bring. My wife was on the front row. Small church. I said, honey, why don't you get it? I go back to my point. She goes over. She answers the phone. She comes back. I'm in the middle of my point. I said, well, who was it? She said, it's Blockbuster saying you have late videos. I think, wow, <laughs> praise the Lord. I think I was preaching on integrity or something. But anyway. <laughs> I had a parsonage, then we rented a little house, 900 square feet, and when I was 25 years old, moved to Abilene, Texas, I bought my first house. I'll never forget, I'm talking about promises. I'm talking about how we relate to promises. I remember the document. I remember going through the process. Do you have any collateral? No, but I'm a good person. $68,000, you can't buy a storage building for that now. Y'all know what I'm saying in this market, but I'll never forget signing that document. Man, this is the biggest commitment financially I'd ever made. I'm like, oh, anybody remember back to those days? It's like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta be committed to this. I'm giving my word here. This is a big deal. Is it even possible? I signed that. So when we think of promises, we think of a contract filled with negotiation. We think that we sign something and then we kind of keep our promise and you keep your promise and how do we cut a deal that makes sense for you, that makes sense for me? And when we use the word covenant, God is a covenantal God. When you read about his promise backed up by his nature and his character that he's made a covenant which is the lens. I'm not trying to be profound. I'm not trying to just introduce Bible words for the sake of Bible words. You can't understand the provision of Jesus if you don't understand covenant. A covenant is not a negotiation. It's when a stronger party who needs nothing 
offers the benefit to the weaker party. It's what God has done with us. He needs nothing from us, but he said, you know what? I wanna make a covenant with you. I wanna make a promise to you that's really based on my ability to deliver. Do you have a cosigner? Doesn't matter. Do you have collateral? Doesn't matter. Do you wanna negotiate the price? Doesn't matter, it's all for you anyway. It's not a contract between us and God. It's almost too good to be true. Did you know most things in life that are too good to be true are too good to be true? You'll get an ad this week. Stay at home in your pajamas, do nothing, and make $3,000 a month. It's too good to be true. You're gonna get some kind of thing. Here, here, take this and you'll be, you'll, you'll have the body of a model. It's my strategy in 2022. I keep sharing it with everybody. There's a pill you can take, fat whacker. You don't have to work out. You eat what you want. Take fat whacker, wax the fat right off. That's my plan. It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. So when we come to God and you're like, preacher, you're hyping this up. Preacher, you're saying this is that good. I've never been able to depend on anybody. My family's let me down. They can't keep their promises. My boss can't keep his promises. My teammates can't keep their promises. My kids can't keep their promises. And you're telling me God says to me in the weakened position, here's what I wanna do for you? Absolutely, absolutely. And I want us to go now this weekend as, again, we're gonna get into the practicals, but I wanna keep laying this foundation. I want us to go to one of the largest covenants of the Bible. It's the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 15. The Abrahamic covenant is what's called an umbrella covenant because it covers all the other covenants as it leads us to Jesus, the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis 15 says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. He's a pagan culture living person in the Middle East and God decides out of his generosity to reveal himself to him. Just comes to him and says, you have nothing to offer me, and he shows up in his world. He came to Abram in a vision, says, do not be afraid. I am, Abram, your shield, and I'm your very great reward. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to invest what I have in you, and I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna bless you, and God's so generous in his revelation to us, though we miss it, with him and with us, he comes in these covenants. He still does it in our lives. He keeps revealing. He keeps communicating. He keeps showing up in your world. If you'll just slightly recognize it, he's there talking to you saying, I have a better way. I have a better thing for you. I have something for you. And so he takes him out and he says, to keep you in a place where you remember how great I am, I wanna show you the stars of the sky. As you look at these stars, they represent the children, the generations of blessing that I will bring into your life, the stars in the sky. He put a rainbow in one covenant. He's so good, he keeps saying, let me just keep reminding you of who I am. I wanna show you this generational blessing. Now this covenant, and we're gonna dig into it, this covenant involved the birth of a child. 
He's up in age. His wife is past childbearing years, and I'm gonna show you in a minute why it's important that there was a child. He himself having trouble believing it, and so we look at this covenant, let's lay a little bit more groundwork. Not, not just Abraham living in the Middle East thousands of years ago, but that covenant you're gonna see in a minute extends to us. Why do we have trouble receiving what God has planned for our lives? Why do we have trouble going promises? That's a nice word, that's for somebody else. Why do we have trouble having that confidence? Why do we have so much fear, so much anxiety? Why do we many times settle for far short of what God wants to do in our lives and in our families? Because we have trouble trusting the promises of God. We have trouble receiving the promises of God. We are self-sufficient, self-dependent, self-focused, self-reliant. It's deep in our culture. I'm a self-made man. Why'd you make yourself like that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got it, God. How many times in your week, just like I can have a tendency to do, I got it. I got it. Even if I don't say I got it, forgetting what I have available to access. Forgetting what flows through the covenant promises of God into my life. You know why we have trouble? We have a problem, another Bible word, unbelief. Unbelief, unbelief that's mixed with our programming, the sinful nature of our souls, the unbelief that is cynical, that is skeptical, that is hurt and calloused from all of the letdowns that we've had from people in our lives, sometimes even being mad at God, attributing to him things that maybe he didn't even participate in. We have these things within our soul that really manifest as unbelief. It's challenging in our world today. I feel like as a pastor, a voice crying in the wilderness. All the voices that have things for you. It's never been more challenging as a pastor to rise above the voices. If you feel intensity in my voice, it's because the person on television, the person in your feed may not be concerned about you. They may not have your best interest, though they have the ability with many times no credibility to feed you what will not help you. And we trust it. And we listen to it. And it feeds not our faith, our unbelief. It feeds our cynicism. It feeds that nature of us, that unbelief. There's a thing called negativity bias. Based out of our sin nature, we have a negativity bias. We wanna look at the negative side of most things to protect ourselves. Did you know there's a thing called the rule of four? It takes four positive interactions, four positive inputs to negate one negative. If I wanna sell you something, I don't talk to you about, hey, here's what is great for your life, here's what would help you. All I have to tell you is your, it's just appeal to your fear of loss. If I make a connection between your fear of loss, then I at least temporarily have you bought into something that may not be God's plan. Negativity bias. So what's the answer to unbelief? It's faith. Faith is just simply trusting God above all else. Faith is just simply, now it's not necessarily common and it's not necessarily our natural go-to. 
Faith is believing in that which you cannot see but is substantiated by a God who's revealed himself to us and it's trusting him above all other voices. It's saying, you have my best interest in mind. You are concerned for me, so therefore I will trust you. And faith is something, and I wanna encourage you as we read Romans chapter four, we'll see here that Abraham eventually, Abram to Abraham, he grew in it. What I love is we don't have a sanitized version of the Bible, because some of you are out there going, look, Jeff, all I've ever been taught is to depend on myself, and I've had a lot of letdowns, or I've had a lot of breakdowns, and..." I don't know if I'm even in that category. You're talking about promises and faith and trusting God and abandoning yourself to God. I don't fit in that category. Let me give you some good news. You can grow in it. Abraham was not perfect, but he kept taking steps and he's honored in the book of Romans by the apostle Paul. The book of Romans, by the way, is Paul's most exhaustive teaching and letter. He wanted to go visit them. He knew he wouldn't, so he goes in great detail to lay out the steps like you're writing something to your child so that you make sure when they're not around you, they know every single thing to do. It's his most systematic, if you will, theological discourse on how God sees us and how we relate to God. Romans 4 is a little section on faith in Abraham and connects to Genesis 15. Let's read it together. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace. Look at this. And it may be guaranteed. I put that in the subtitle of our series. What can you really count on today? What can you really be assured of? I'm gonna tell you, we're looking for something that is assured. We're looking for some expert opinion some prognosticator to tell us that we can have hope for our future. And the word of God says, look, this is a guarantee. It's a guarantee to all Abraham's offspring. He becomes our father of faith through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you grew up in church. We'd sing the song, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, you are too. And let's just praise the Lord. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. Those who, when Jesus reveals himself by his grace, actually put their faith and trust in what Jesus says. We have this faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. That God, look at this, first of all, faith. Now we start seeing some elements of it, and I'm gonna get practical toward the end of the message on what to actually do. Notice, God who calls So God's word, the way God speaks, becomes the way we talk. He gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so he became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, without weakening in his faith, he faced the facts. Now I realize sometimes when you start talking about faith and believing God and trusting God in every area of your life and you're like, is God really concerned with that business thing? And well, maybe he is concerned about my kid, but he's probably not concerned about my soul, but maybe he is concerned about, and we, we are so good. Our cult, we're so good at identifying facts. Some of you are like, preacher, look, I, I got all this faith stuff and trust in God stuff. I'm into the facts. 
I mean, I can analyze the facts. Most of the people I'm talking to, Hazlitt, McKinney, here, everywhere, online, you're good at facts. And by the way, the Bible does not say to be a person of faith, you can't see the facts. It doesn't. I love real fact people, though. They're like, well, I'm not being duped. I'm just into the facts. I'm into empirical data. I'm into the data. I'm not negative. I'm just into the facts. No, you're negative. You're critical. Ask your friends. Find a, look at the facts and face the facts. But the question, it doesn't take a genius to see the problem. What do you do about it? What do you do about it? Look what the Bible says, that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief. Unbelief regarding what? The promise of God. The promise of God. Faith in God, not in ourselves. This is not emotional. This is not personality. This is not, oh, they're just more faith-oriented people. They're just kind of a little bit more naive than me. I'm more into the facts. No, look what it says. Faith in the promise of God, not faith in ourselves, faith in what God has said. Faith in the promise of God. Look what it says. He was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And then Paul goes into the basis of that power is the person of Jesus Christ in the next few verses. Let me talk to you, first of all, about unbelief. It's like a storm cloud. I was talking to a man 76 years old this week that I highly respect his faith. He's an encourager of people. He's known God for 60 years. Let me tell you something about unbelief. You never outgrow its reach. You never have a need to not keep being strengthened in your faith because new seasons, new levels bring new devils, new situations. I have met people in the recent months and worked with people, look, in the world we're living in, it's pressing on our foundation. It's pressing on our patience. It's pressing on, and what we need is faith because everything in our world is speaking to us and feeding our unbelief. This is someone, again, known God for a long time and said, I've never dealt with fear, I've never dealt with anxiety, had a few health issues, had a few situations, and what is he saying? I had to go back old school and return to the foundation of my faith that I learned. You never outgrow it. Unbelief, accusing lies of the enemy, fearful thoughts, you let a fearful thought start working its way around in you, it's amazing how powerful, powerful it is. Your own negative words, curses from other people. A lot of us have trouble receiving from God because we project on God what other people have said about our lives and who we are. Pain from your past, all of these things create, and it's like a storm cloud that'll just roll in there right when you wake up, that'll just roll in there right when you're falling asleep, that'll just roll in there when you look at that feed and you start thinking about it and you start getting afraid and you can go anxious, fearful in a minute. In a minute, you can go dark. Now Jesus, this is why, again, I'm connecting covenant and again, this is important. I, I believe a lot of people listening to me this weekend that I'm talking to, you, you may not have made this connection. Why is Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant important? Well, first of all, we need to know something about a covenant. 
A covenant right there in Genesis 15, God said get an animal, cut the animal in two. There's blood, there's sacrifice, and the stronger party, there's a walking through that cutting and that covenant moment. You're like, why did God do that? I don't know, take it up with him, but that's what happened. And the power of Jesus related to covenant, some of you are wondering, why do we sing about the blood? Why do we talk about, I'm under the blood? I'm covered by the blood. Why? For the same reason you say, let's cut a deal. For the same reason you want somebody to have collateral in a business deal because we use the word skin in the game. For the same reason when somebody's signing something, you're like, make them sign it in blood. It comes from covenant. Why did Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrificial lamb, shed his blood on the cross he was saying, I'm the fulfillment of every single promise I made to Abraham, Noah, every promise I've ever made, I'm the fulfillment of all of it. That's important for you to know. This is not just some, oh, we're just banking on some immediate promise. We're talking about a faithful God for generations who kept every single promise that he's ever given to us. And so we see that. Second of all, why did there have to be a child? Because we all have a father, his name is Adam, the first human being who sinned. Your father, Adam, is what causes you to mess your life up. Our father, Adam, is how we inherited our unbelief. Our father, Adam, is how we inherited our mistrust from God. Why we don't trust him. Before that, Adam walked with him in the cool of the day, had fellowship with him, had dominion over everything. But from our father Adam, we get this unbelief, we get the sin in our lives. It comes to us naturally. Now I know we live in a world today that the narrative is everyone's basically good, they're just underinformed. But I'm gonna tell you, we need, in our world today, we need people to understand the doctrine of original sin. Right before the promises of Romans 4 is Romans 3. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Until you know how lost you are, you're not really appreciative of the good news of salvation through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's the great thing about this story of Abraham and the covenant. There had to be a child because there had to be a new dad. There had to be a new seed. There had to be a new son born for the sins of the world. That's what we're basing our faith on. Now you say, okay, Jeff, I got all this, this covenant, this promise, this history, this deeper promise from God. How do I stay access to it? We don't do it just by Abraham. He's a model for us. But we don't go just to Abraham. We go to the fulfillment of every promise he made to Abraham through the person of Jesus Christ. You enter the covenant, but you stay in that covenant and you stay connected to that source by faith by the love of Jesus Christ that you keep putting your trust in. That's how you stay connected to it. And again, you can grow in it. You can grow in it. Here's an example of the development of faith, because faith is something you develop and grow in. And I grew up in the country in East Texas. It's funny today that the people in the country want to move to the city. People in the city want to act like they're in the country. My assistant, she just got some sheep. She moved from Keller, moved out in the country, got a little hobby farm, some sheep. We went out there the other day. I'm like, what are y'all gonna do with these? 
Y'all gonna shear them? Oh no, we're not gonna shear them. They're our pets. Okay, y'all gonna eat them? Oh no, we're not gonna eat them. So we just look at them. Got some chicks, you know. We, so funny today. I have grass-fed beef. You know the truth is, they kind of put hormones in that thing, grew it, fed it grass for like a week, but we believe this stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's like organic eggs. What kind of other eggs are there? You know, it's like, okay, I got you. Okay, anyway. My grandmother actually had a farm, and she'd have a little incubator, and she would grow chickens. She'd put the eggs in there, and, and, and it was so cool. When I was little, I'd go there. I'm watching them, man. They're in there, and she'd turn them, and she'd mark an X on one side, and she'd turn them perfectly and keep it all right, and she would call me. She'd say, Jeff, they're hatching. One would poop, poop, pop a little thing there, and I would go, and we'd be looking over it. You know, there's one hatching. There's one popping out. And, and I'd want to get in there and help them, you know? You're like, I want to help them get out so we can see them. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't help them. I'm like, why not? I want to help them. She's like, well, when we take the lid off, the temperature's going to change, and they need that. And then if we start helping them, we could tear something, and they could bleed. And, and if we help them out, then they don't develop the strength that they need once they get out of the egg. You're like, why are you telling me this? You're working your way through something right now. This is why when you understand faith, we move from faith to faith, glory to glory. Everything we've experienced in the last two years is two things, revealing where we're really at and so we can get adjusted back to God as our source, not Fox News, not CNN, not the government, not some person who has an expert medical opinion. Get back connected to the covenant of God. And what you're going through today is preparing you with the faith you need for what you're gonna face tomorrow. That's what's gonna happen. You're saying, how do I stay in that zone, Pastor? How do I stay there at Hazlitt? Let me give you just a few ways in my final moments. Here's how you grow in your faith. Number one, you have to stay rooted in God's word. Man, we have been rooted in social media. Rooted to the news rooted to the latest thing, rooted, just grounded to all other voices, absorbing unbelief, and it just keeps coming to us. The Bible says faith comes. You're like, I want more faith, pastor. I want more confidence. I want less fear. I want less anxiety. I want more hope when I face my day. Well, just like Abraham, you have to trust the word of the Lord over all the other words that are in your life. You know, pastors are asking this question. Last week, we had several hundred pastors here at Milestone. Do you know many of them? Their church is just, they lit, I literally talked to a pastor who said, I had to mourn the loss of my church. Years of building, and in a moment, can I say maybe we've entertained you too much? We've tickled your ears too much and hadn't told you, you're not gonna survive if you don't get a hold of this word right here and get past just seeing it as information. That's what we do in the American. Well, that was interesting. I give the sermon a seven. <laughs> Wish I would've had a few more jokes. It was kinda deep, but not totally deep. Let me tell you the transforming thing with this Bible right here is when it goes from you study it to know more than your friends and be intellectually stimulated by its information when it becomes the living word. When it becomes the word you do. 
when you act on it, here's what's gonna happen. Probably this week, someone's gonna offend you. Someone's gonna do something you don't like. Sometimes it may be a grievous offense. And you know what the Bible says? If you can't forgive, then you can't receive forgiveness. Now, this is the difference in the word being just stuff on a page and it being alive in you. When I hit that moment and that makes me anxious and I feel hurt and I can't believe they did that and this is crazy and the Bible's telling me to forgive? Are you kidding me? Everything that's by faith seems crazy. It goes against your father, Adam. It should just, okay, forgive. And then here's how it works. This is crazy. I don't even, Lord, I'm gonna trust you at your word. I forgive you. It's amazing. Boom, a release for you. Amazing. Tithing. This is not complicated. Your money that becomes our God. 10% to God. 10%. And what happens is in that moment, it's a test, the Bible says. God, you spoke that to me. I don't worship paper with presidents. The Bible says you can't serve both God and money. This is when the faith test comes. It's like, uh, this is crazy. But for those who have walked by faith, the grace of God reveals God's goodness, and by faith I act on God's word, you look back and say, my God has been faithful to me doesn't matter what it is. Pick your hardest one. A disciple, and this is what we need more of. People that are disciples, that are grounded. When the pressure comes, that word of God becomes the anchor of my foundation. He is a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God who has my best interest in mind, who only wants to bless me. He wants to protect me, so I trust him at his word. That's faith. And it'll grow. And it'll develop. The second thing is, how do you stay in it? You challenge the negative thoughts and unbeliefs. Here, here's the reality. You, you can't pray your way totally. You can talk to God, but you don't just pray your way. You don't just hope your way out of negative thoughts. The Bible says to us, the way we deal with negative thoughts, they're coming to us, 2 Corinthians, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So what happens is a thought, when you, here it is, ruminate on it. Ruminating animals have chambers to their stomachs. This is why your inputs are so important in your life. Again, as a pastor, I'm like, I'm pushing on that. I'm pushing on that because I am fed up with people who don't have your best interest in mind and don't even in today's world have to have the credibility to back up what they're telling you. And you're ruminating on it and you're listening to it and you're believing every bit of it and what is really the back end of it is what they're appealing to is what we could or could not lose which makes us believe them more. And so we ruminate. And here's what'll happen to a negative thought. You, you kind of, I'm mad, oh, I'm mad. And it goes back down, and boy, when it comes back up, and it just swirls around, and oh, man, oh, I'm fighting mad now. Okay, wait a minute now. And I just, the world has gone crazy. You know what it comes from? The things you're thinking on, ruminating, 
becomes a stronghold. It literally becomes a prison around our thoughts and it's locked in. You're like, what do we do? We have to demolish it. We have to demolish it with the word of God. Every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we have to take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. He is our source. He is our source. He is the hope for our future. He is the one who sees our future. He is the one ordering our steps. Those who are trusting in him, the day, no matter what we face, gets brighter and brighter. You know what the challenge is of not putting your faith and trust in Jesus? Every day you live without Jesus, you continue to reap the seeds of your own beliefs and trust and thoughts. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you continually purify those thoughts, you continually grow in him, and the day gets brighter and brighter and brighter. We have to take those thoughts captive. Here's the third thing. Keep a careful watch over our words. Do you know it says God is a God who calls. God is a God who speaks. And when his words become our words, words have power. The Bible talks about the fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips. Again, not denying facts. Not being honest about where we are or being transparent. But speaking forth what God's desires are can change the atmosphere of your home. Can I say something to all husbands? How you talk to your wife will influence the faith level of your house. How you speak to her will influence the atmosphere of your children. How you speak to your children, the fruit of our lips. I was preaching in Los Angeles a few years ago, and while I was preaching, this was a little bit more, you know, kind of talk to you crowd. I don't pastor those people. Y'all just look at me. We love you, pastor. Just keep, <laughs> keep going. That was, that was a good message. It was powerful. In this church, they talk to you. There was a guy sitting right over there. He stood up in my message. He goes, how powerful. He goes, that's amazing. Amen. That's amazing. It wasn't really that good, if I'm being honest. It was kind of like an average point. Amen simply means it is so. It is so. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I actually met the guy afterwards. I said, do you want to come be with me at all times when I'm preaching? <laughs> you can travel with me wherever I go. I don't know if I'm that amazing, but I feel better about myself the whole time you're doing that. I just feel good. Words have power. Here's the final one. Stay connected to people who regularly take face steps. Not perfect people, but people that are pursuing Jesus as the hope. People that believe Jesus is the answer. Right now we have all kinds of people saying the hope for our world is this, 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 or this. The problem's sin. The problem's the human heart. You cannot legislate behavior change. Jesus is the only one. It's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ unto salvation that changes human beings. When you get around people who say, my hope is in Jesus. My hope is in his plan. No matter what I face, I'm 
in the covenant of the blessing of God and his hand upon my life, Abraham is my father and Jesus is the blessed son. And my God is who, when you get around people like that, they think different. It's contagious. We've never lived in a time that I know of that we're so, we, we are more contagious conscious. I wish I owned a hand sanitizer company. <laughs> it's like, are you contagious? We need to be as focused on how contagious unbelief is as we are anything we could catch from someone medically. Because you'll become who you hang around. Why do we do this series? Well, the reason we do it is we give you that promise as God because I want to get you rooted in God's word. I want you to, every day as you go through it, you're getting rooted in the word of God. Why do we do here at Milestone, the, we, we learned years ago, this is an effective means. It's a way to jumpstart the kingdom life to where we start getting around one another. And can I tell you a testimony? Because I know a lot of times people say, man, Pastor Jeff, I'm really struggling with unbelief and I'd like to grow in my faith. Could I get with you? You might say, if I could meet with you. Well, if you and I, let me just do group counseling for a minute. If you and I had coffee and we were talking about where you are in your soul, where you are in your family, where you are in your marriage, I'm gonna ask you, where are you getting your inputs? What are you listening to? Who's pastoring you? Who's the voice trying to shepherd you? Who is it? Who is it? I'm gonna wanna know. And then who are you hanging around? Because we are creatures that are connected creatures who model the relationships that we live around. And it's an epidemic in our world. Isolation and being disconnected from the church of Jesus Christ and faith-oriented atmospheres. I'm gonna tell you, many, many people challenge. You wanna know, in my opinion, just in the last several months, people are doing the best? People who are connected to God's word and connected to relationships and people who believe that his word is true. They're managing it. We all are working through it, but those people are managing it different. And I like to say, you're preparing your relationships today for your crisis of tomorrow. So that's what I would encourage you with even in this series. I'm gonna ask you if you would to pray with me, bow your heads, everyone listening to me, no matter where you're at. I wanna I wanna pray against the storm cloud of unbelief that comes to us. But I wanna pray that this would become real to you and it wouldn't just be my pastoral words for you because I want you to win. I want you to have what you need. I don't want you to feel defenseless and without tools to combat the strategy of the enemy. So first of all, if you're here and you say, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, no matter where you're listening to me from, he extends his grace to you, you trust him, then he comes to dwell on the inside of you. You're gonna consistently struggle with fear and need for hope for the future if you've not surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ. You can just simply say, Jesus, here I am. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, and you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know wherever you're at, online, in this room, let us know, come to 101, talk to someone, we wanna help you in your journey. But second of all, Lord, I pray right now, for some that I'm talking to, it's really a returning back to that which they already know. Lord, how easily we leave behind 
the weapons that we have, the availability we have to you being our shield, you being our reward, you being our source. Lord, we return back to that. I pray for those right now struggling, struggling with an issue, struggling with their own belief. As one person said in the New Testament, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, help our unbelief with the confidence of your track record of faithfulness that you are a promise-keeping, covenant-keeping God who will walk with us into whatever we face. We ask you to strengthen our faith like the model you gave us in your word from Abraham. Not wavering in unbelief, being fully persuaded that you have the power to do that which you promised. Let it rest in our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.